Welcome to the Live From Rest podcast, and this episode is entitled Hope in Addiction. I'm Steve Smith, your host, and I'm the author of the Live From Rest Christian Meditation app. In these podcasts, we like to take time to explore the ancient art of being. As I've mentioned and discussed in previous episodes, I run an addiction recovery charity called The Keys Project. Actually, my initial interest in the whole area of Christian meditation and the inspiration for the Live From Rest app actually came out of seeing the value of learning stillness and meditation in helping people to achieve better mental health in general. But in particular, I saw that it had a really important place in helping people caught up in addiction. Anyway, through working with Keys, I've had the pleasure of getting to know Steph McLeod, a Scottish singer and songwriter. Steph's a great musician and singer, and he's become a really good friend of Keys, and I'm looking forward to having him play at a live stream fundraising gig later in the year for our charity. There'll be details of that on the information that goes with this episode. So today, I'm going to play you a recording of a conversation that I had with Steph a few weeks ago. I'm certain you're going to be inspired by Steph's story of lasting recovery from very severe alcohol and drug addiction. Before I play the recording, let me encourage you to make the most of our various resources via the Live From Rest website. Alongside our popular Christian Meditation app, we have released a number of courses, ideal for small groups, a blog, a YouTube channel with meditations, and there's more to come. And if you've benefited in any way from our ministry, please let me encourage you to make a financial contribution, however small, via our website, so that we'll be able to reach many more people around the world with our resources to equip the church to live life from a place of rest. Well, with that said, let me play you my interview with Steph McLeod, and I trust you'll be encouraged by his message of hope. Hey, Steph, thank you for joining me on this podcast. It's great to have you with us. It's lovely to be here. Thanks very much. Yeah, so we're both Stevens, aren't we? Stevens with a PH. Yeah, that's right. It's my Sunday name. It's interesting because I think you're the first male Steph that I've come across, but that's quite common in Scotland, you told me. All right, well, yeah, in some parts of Scotland, uh, in Glasgow, um, parts of Edinburgh, and uh, I was just living somewhere at one point where there was quite a lot of Stevens and, you know, Stephen, Steve, uh, Stevie, Steve-O, the choices started to get quite slow uh, and... and uh, small, so I uh, I just went for Steph, and um, that was it. It's very boring, and it just kind of stuck. No, works well. And I have really enjoyed getting to know some of your music. I mean, we we've connected. I think a few months ago, when you supported a fundraising campaign we have done for our addiction project, which maybe we'll come to. But um, so far, I've particularly found your music through Celtic worship. You've got your own music as well. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me a little bit about about Celtic worship. How did that come about? It really organically, actually. So uh, three or four years ago, uh, a, a a lady called Mary Marwick, which is now Mary Wood, uh, got in touch to say she uh, they wanted to put together a church service for the Celtic Connections Festival in Glasgow, which is the biggest biggest traditional Scottish music festival in the world 
so for visitors coming, they, they would have a, a church service which was infused with um, uh, church music and Scottish music. And she gathered a group of musicians, some of them I knew, some of them I, I didn't. And we got together, we led worship, and this, the second year it happened, the numbers grew exponentially. Uh, we had a couple of promo videos for it, one of them being In Christ Alone, and the other one was 10,000 Reasons, I think, which got, we, we stuck on the YouTube channel for, for a bit of promo, and one day it just rocketed. It must have been the YouTube algorithms or something like that. Mm. And then, um, you know, people just said, is there any chance you can put this music on CDs? And we, we said, yeah. And then the ministry just came out of that. So it's been a, a, a bit of a, um organic thing. And, mm -hmm. and so we just love infusing sort of a, a traditional culture with the, the sounds of Scottish music and um, the, the love uh, for um, hymn, hymne de revival. Uh, very much inspired by people like the Gettys and stuff, mm. um, and it's just uh, it's just been overwhelming the response to that. So it's it's been very very cool. We've got a new album coming out later this year as well. So it's uh, it's very exciting. Yeah, well, I've really loved the, the way you have produced some of these uh, old hymns and, and made them so so new and so relevant. Um, so anybody listening to this, just look up Celtic worship on YouTube. Yeah, especially loved Amazing Grace. That is so powerful. You've done two or three where you've got a big collective of participants, haven't you? Big choirs. Yeah, so there have been a few different collaborations. One with a ministry called Praise Gathering, which is a, a, a ministry in Scotland with, with a massive choir. That we, they're, they're really awesome. Uh, we did the, the Celtic Blessing based on the UK Blessing, which was just um, uniting people through lockdown. And recently I put together the, the Amazing Grace video for the National Day of Prayer for Scotland. Uh, and uh, Gus, who's the bass player in Celtic Worship, he did all the video editing and the, the mixing and stuff. He'd done such a great job. Uh, I wanted to release it as a charity single. So we, um, I spoke to the, the, the man who um, commissioned the video and asked him if we could do that. He kindly gave me the video uh, and it will be released as a charity single for Bethany very, very soon. Wonderful. And we, we've connected because you've supported our addiction charity, The Keys Project. Mm -hmm. And Steph, you've got your own story, haven't you? Do you want to just give us a little bit of background? Yeah, sure. I, so I, I am a, I'm a grateful, recovering alcoholic addict, uh, redeemed by grace. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very grateful for that. And I was homeless in 2006, 2005 and six for about a year on and off the streets. And it was about a 10-year progression to get to that point through trauma, parental separation, um, all the trauma that comes with addiction, mental health, suicide attempts and stuff like that. And and to keep a long story very short, I just ended up homeless when I was uh, 24, 25. And it was the only place I could feed my addiction in peace. Um, I, I, you know, the madness, we call it in mm. recovery, it, it does make you do stuff which is completely bonkers. And mm. uh, that was the existence I, I chose to put myself into in order to feed my addiction. I was offered a bed by um, the Bethany Christian Trust or the Bethany Christian Centre, which is part of the charity, uh, which is a Christian homeless charity. Uh, and their centre um, is a, a hostel, essentially, that offers a, a programme uh, which is Christ-centered and is adapted from the AA's 12 Steps uh, called um, Foundations to Freedom or Bridge to Freedom. It's been a long time, sorry, uh, which um, tells you about recovery. It's all very Christ-centered. But in there, I also heard a man give his testimony uh, on how he 
found Jesus and followed Jesus and gave Jesus his life and um, that totally changed everything for him and uh, when he when he gave me the chance to to follow Christ or offered me the opportunity to accept Christ as my saviour I took it mm. and I've never looked back man there's been ups and downs on the way I've um uh, there's another long story that comes out of all of that but that was essentially the point where I I, I started my life started to change dramatically and um, it was with Christ at the center, and then everything, everything else started to fit into that. So mm. um, yeah, I'm I'm very very grateful to be clean, sober, and and in recovery. Sure. And uh, yeah, that's that's my story in a in a nutshell, really. Sure. And I know from what I've heard you say before that your addiction was very severe. Three bottles of whiskey in a day. Yeah. Some there was there was a point when it when it was like that. I lived in Thailand for about a year. And when just as I'd left university, and the whiskey over there was like sixty pence a bottle, and it, it's not even real whiskey; it was more like formaldehyde. Mm. And it was I just locked myself in the house at one point, and I was drinking two or three bottles of that stuff a day, and made myself incredibly ill. And mm. when I got back, I got back two days before the the big tsunami hit um, way back in the day, and uh, was hospitalised, put on some very very strong. Um, antipsychotics for um, the psychosis I was on and basically told that I was an alcoholic which I knew but just wasn't able to accept it and I didn't last very long and then I was I decided to become homeless so that I could feed my addiction in peace from everybody and that was it really. Mm. Something that we teach in the Keys Project, the addiction charity that I run, is that addiction is nearly always, if not always, rooted in pain. And you've alluded to that. You've mentioned parental separation mm -hmm. and, and trauma. So I guess that's your experience, that the, the addiction was a way of dealing with the pain, albeit a dysfunctional way. Yeah, I, I, I got treatment a few years ago for... Um, I, I relapsed about five years ago. There was a whole load of stuff that I didn't address uh, when when I when I when I got sober the first time. So I I just buried that stuff. Mm. Uh, a lot of stuff that I feared um, I'd be rejected for. You know, rejection's been a, a large part of my life growing up, uh, and 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 I was scared because I'd found something truly precious that I'd be rejected by my family, by the church, and stuff. A, a lot of very unfounded. Uh, um, misconceptions about about what was going on, so I just thought I could bury that stuff. Um, but when I when I finally got help, um, you know, I was diagnosed with post traumatic stress disorder uh, from various traumas that I'd, I'd, I'd endured, mm -hmm. and the the doctor said, "You're an alcoholic, but you're also a pharmaceutical addict. You know, from pharmaceutical medication, you've you've justified using this medication for years, and we need to take you off that stuff." Uh, because, you know, alcohol isn't your problem, it's the solution to your problem. You've used okay. all this to self-medicate for so many years and, and, and we need to get to the root of that and to help you. Mm. Uh, my sponsor even says to me, you know, the best way to spot an alcoholic or an addict is when they're sober because that's when their behaviours are running rampant, you know, and, mm. and it's absolutely true. And there is a time and a place for medication. It can be very, very useful, you know, sure. but for me, I, I totally abused it and, and justified it because it was legally prescribed to me mm. and and um, I just couldn't stand being in my own skin I couldn't deal with the thoughts and um, the ruminating and um, you know it wasn't just alcohol and drugs it was self-harming and suicide attempts and behaviors and um, overeating and, and and lots of things it's just anything that would distract me from actually sitting with myself because mm. I just couldn't stand being me so um, alcohol 
I mean, it works. It's the greatest emotional painkiller in the world. Mm. But it comes at a massive, massive cost. And sure. when I was about 17, I passed that point of no return where I just couldn't stop. Yeah. But there is such an amazing message of hope, isn't there, for anybody caught in addiction. And and addiction is so widespread, isn't it? We know we're so often we're focused on people who are extreme alcoholics, extreme drug users, but there are so many people who may be using pornography, gambling, work addictions, food. So many of us in some way or another have some way in which we're self-medicating. Mm -hmm. And it's just so good to know that, that we can really find freedom from that. Yep. We get healed. Something that people who know me will have heard me say before is there are two types of families. There are dysfunctional families and there are severely dysfunctional families. Hmm. And the question is, where are you from? So we've all got baggage, every, every single one of us. And um, it's, it's, it's so freeing, isn't it, when we recognize that and, and deal with it. Absolutely. I think, I think one of the biggest challenges uh, is one, understanding that there is a way out of addiction. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it, because when you're in the midst of the madness, a get out plan, it looks utterly hopeless. It really does. It, it is a very, very weird thing to describe, but just life outside of that seems impossible. Even when it is offered to you, mm. uh, you know, people are terrified to change very often. You know, they're like, I don't know what it's like to live a sober life. I mean, I remember saying to somebody, um, how the heck am I going to meet a girl if I'm not in the pub? You know, because mm -hmm. I just assumed from my own experience that that was the only place you could meet a significant other, which is just crazy. Um, but it, it does seem absolutely bonkers uh, to, to, to find a way out. But, you know, the, the, there is a way out, you know, and it started for me with accepting Christ in my life and, you know, finding that even at my worst, he loved me, that he came, lived, died and rose again for me and, and, and that I was loved and forgiven it was um, such an incredible and powerful moment in my life uh, and it gave me the hope to push on because I was just afraid of everything my entire life and then suddenly to have this hope and, and, and to be fixed on Christ was 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 an incredible thing and and, and I was just hungry for life. Mm. It was like that fire was started. I didn't know what to do, which is all right because I had the help of, of a wonderful charity and people that had been through that experience but it actually got me on the road and I was able to apply the learning and utilize the support that was given to me and then grow and then develop my relationship with Jesus and then develop a career. I got married, had kids mm. and, you know, the rest is history and all that kind of stuff. But just to have hope in your life, which is which is the only thing I know to be greater than fear. Yeah. It was was just just such a marvelous thing for, for, for me to discover. Yeah. And I'm so grateful to have Christ in my life for that. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. Well, Steph, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I I'm, I really hope that there are people who may be listening to this in, in a place of pain and struggling with addiction to, to know that there is actually a way out. If somebody wants to find, find you and your music and maybe get in contact, your website is stephmcleod.com. Yeah, very boring. Yeah, yeah stephmcleod.com. I'm all over the socials. Uh, you know, I... Yeah, I'm 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 on the Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. So you can Google me and, and I'm up there somewhere. Sure. And also people can get us if they want to if you want to find out more, if anybody listening to this wants to find out more about um our work with Keys Community Detox, 
then it's keysdetox.org or at keysdetox. Steph, maybe you could close in a prayer for people who may be struggling with pain or an addiction. Yeah, I, I, would, I would love that. Um, so let's pray. Mm. Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving us as we are and for seeing us in a way that very often we don't. I thank you that you can see the pain and hear the thoughts that we have and you love us through all of it. Mm. I pray for anyone out there that is struggling with addiction or even sobriety and I'm, I'm praying for breakthroughs and I'm, I'm thank you I'm thanking you Lord that all my breakdowns went hand in hand with all of my breakthroughs as well and you walk through every single one of those valleys with me I'm, I'm praying for for my brothers and sisters who are struggling and I pray that they know that it's okay to be in the valley all the fruit is in the valley mm. And that you're walking through us and we can still see the stars shining high above us on the darkest night and you're right there with us even when we don't realize it you're right there with us you're the breaker of chains lord i know that and i'm praying for broken chains and saved lives so lord i pray for my brothers and sisters i pray for them to have the courage to reach out and ask for help which is one of the hardest things to do and I know there might be fear there and I pray for them to take a step of faith because you'll be right there with them. And it's the hardest thing to do is just to make that first step. So I'm praying for first steps, Lord, on massive journeys of redemption, of healing, of growth, uh, of liberation and um, of rejoicing and, and joy. So I thank you for the gifts and the blessings in my life, Lord. And I pray for my brothers and sisters and I pray for an abundance of these gifts in theirs. I thank you for keys, and I pray a massive blessing on the work that they're doing too. So I thank you for all these things in your precious name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, Steph, again, thank you so very much. And uh, we'll keep in touch and hopefully speak to you soon. Yep, it's been my honour. Thank you so much. Thank you.